Good day, everyone. Welcome back to my podcast. I'm Dr. Alex, physical therapist, and we're here to entertain an idea or two. So the purpose of this podcast is to go back and summarize everything that we've talked about, right, from landing somewhere to working our way into sitting to working our way into something else, but I'm not going to share it yet because, well, that that comes later down the line, and I'm here to have you wait for it. Remember, it's better to go back than to move forward. Um, you might get adverse reactions moving forward too fast, and now, well, there's less hope of you having to um, realign yourself in a different way. So please take that into account. Um, so we described the way that we land somewhere, all tucked in, right? And um, with a little bit of uh, bias as, um, as far as the head is concerned, because in order to fit through the canal, baby has to turn its head one way or the other. Um, so once that happens, first thing you're going to see in a baby is that he might favor one side more than the other. And that's why the use of um, an object, right, a little toy, will allow him to um, become more even, right? His ability to turn his head to the left as opposed to the right. And we talked about what potentially could come from it, which is him reaching for that toy. And um, there's no difference between... Again, an athlete, when they say that he has good eye-hand coordination at certain age, right? We're doing this really early, and we're working already on, on um, eye-hand coordination. Look at that. Uh, from beginning, from the birth. I mean, this is really fascinating, right? Um, so we try to do that. Hopefully, we got that response in and pretty much engraved in that um, pathway, right? Then we'll move on to other things. So now, of course always relying on others to place us in the position of success, right? And so what happens is now you're allowed to sit. Um, your head is bobbling, so that's normal. Um, at this point, um, a baby does not have control of its neck, and that's that's the first thing we're going to work on. But not yet. want to make sure that he could sit with some support, so he's either going to have to use his left hand, right hand, or both, or have you kind of um, facilitate his position in sitting until he kind of learns a thing or two and once he does that which you know it's my it's the span that we're going to be watching it for until age four months um he should be able to um you know to have some support during sitting and you know if you were to stand him up uh, you know at one month he should be able to support himself because of the increased reliance on um reflexes and we've learned that walking uh, can potentially be considered a reflex um, when we see spinal cord injury patients and their ability to walk with no um, you know, control of their body beneath their central system. Um, so you know, that's, that's pretty much what you should expect. Everything, every movement induced is through reflexes. So as he pushes down with one leg, he's lifting up with the other. Um, now, you know, the standing position there it's only used for assessment purposes and nothing other than that so again you know if you decide to uh, speed things up you're going to be in trouble and now we talked about how um, at the third month already um, baby's able to uh, lift his head up um, you know in order to look forward and we need tummy time to do that right and uh, we talked about the ways that we could uh, minimize risks and uh, address common topics out there such as SIDS and we say how we could pretty much control the environment by adding supervision and um, 
a schedule, uh, um, you know, activities. And honestly, I think that's that's great because if you don't write it down, you're not going to know what position he was mostly found in. And, you know, if there's one that really um, stands out is uh, medical condition associated with um, babies that are held in their backs too long, right? Because then, you know, they at, uh, end up with uh, some kind of softening of the, um, of the cranium because it's really... Um, you know, it's not strong enough to uh, endure the uh, contours of the environment that you put them in, right? So, um, you know, what you could uh, avoid is plagiocephaly and pretty much, um, you know, the way that that's addressed more through like patient education. Look, decrease the time that he's on his back. Uh, hopefully, now, uh, again, my dream here is to not even get to that point, right? And with that, hopefully we get to decrease the incidence of patients rather than, I would say, clients. And we're going to just make a, a distinction here where patients are um, labeled as having some kind of abnormal response to whatever response should be expected of. And uh, I'm here to um, refer that out to uh, the pediatrician, primary MD that you use. And um, I want to make sure that you recognize that this kind of training is held for those individuals that fit the norm and what we're trying to accomplish here is you know what can we not push the norm a little more and so now we're looking to define the new norm in those um, babies that decided to um, engage in the same thing we engage in but adding a thing or two to make it more like a personal training session and why not who's not to say that um, you know any newborn could already be handed the benefits of personal training, right? If they're healthy and they're capable of doing certain activities. Unfortunately, I'm always ending up on the reactionary part where I have to react to problems that come from, mostly honestly, it's lack of education, um, especially with babies. You know.